What if you could unlock the extraordinary power within you? Join us on our Human Potential podcast as we explore the limitless possibilities, the holy trinity of mind, body, and spirit. Discover easy-to-action tips, inspiring stories, and expert advice to help you tap into your highest potential and live a life of purpose and fulfillment. For a free transformational tool, go to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free. And we're live. So here we are. Welcome to another episode of the Human Potential Podcast. I'm here with my brother, my friend, my, oh, I want to say something more powerful, my soul family, do I want to say that? Someone I love with my heart, someone who, well, I want to start with that, actually. Let me start with an offering, an offering of gratitude, an offering of love to you, Alex Malradov. <laughs> Forgive the pronunciation. So Alex, like I said, is my brother, is my friend. He was my mentor and guide. So I offer my love and my gratitude to him too, for actually teaching me, showing me, informing me, and transforming my life in so many ways. So thank you, brother. Thank you for joining me here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with me. And I'm really excited for my listeners to experience you in your highest power. And I guess I'd like to start with a kind of subject that I've certainly grappled with in the past couple of years, and I know you've had your own challenges with it as well. And it's this concept of around ecology and embodiment and what it means to be a teacher, a guide, a mentor, a coach. Because as we've gone on this journey, and certainly for me, I have been questioning whether it's in the highest integrity, the highest kind of ecology to teach the concepts that I've learned. Right? And as I've asked God for guidance, as I've asked the universe what it wants to be created through me, and I've sat in that stillness and that silence, the message has become, become very clear that this is my mission, right? And this podcast is actually a creation from the attunement to understanding what the universe wants from me. So I'd love to hear your journey around ecology, embodiment, teaching, guidance, because just as a background, I know you ran a very successful six-figure coaching business, right? And you built that up very quickly. And I also know, had you continued on that trajectory, it would have been seven figures. It would have been eight figures. And yet your life took a very different path. So I'd love to kind of explore that kind of uh, part of your life with you. Thank you for your warm welcome. Happy to be here. And yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting topic. And I think that's a theme that I've noticed in general in my life is that um, whatever plans I think, whatever keyword think, whatever whatever direction I think I get to go, uh, the universe sometimes goes, nope, let's go another way. And for me, the challenge um, and the invitation has been to learn flexibility. And to me, it's mirrored, you know, uh, very easily in relationships where, for instance, okay, I put an effort, I create a plan, like, okay, this is going to be great. And then halfway through, uh, the woman goes, Oh look, I, I like this place. Let's not let's let's go here. And there's a part of me that would go, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I put all this energy into going to building this other path. And I've learned that whenever I let's say disobey that or resist that, we never really come back to that place anyway that she wanted. And it turns out to be better. And part of this is um, learning to trust guidance from the feminine 
Yeah. And so for me, it's a mirror of uh, universal guidance and learning to adjust course and kind of following the path of, I don't want to say least resistance, because in any challenge, there will still be things to overcome. But uh, tuning into, okay, or at least maintaining the openness for a change of direction. So to your point, yes, I ran a, like back in the day, I was um, working in investments and fund management in Switzerland and uh, in the States. Then I moved to Bali and I really wanted to share the things that I was going through. And in hindsight, okay, quite a lot of, uh, you know, aspects of ego involved there because I thought I was an enlightened master and I figured everything out in the universe. And I was like, okay, I have to teach other people this because so they can be enlightened too. And I look at that back, you know, now and kind of laugh because I realized I didn't really know anything. But that impulse to share with people, that impulse to share the insights that I've received, that's always been there. The question is, what form does that take? And what is it that I'm sharing? I recognize that I've gone through a lot of different teachings, uh, some of those we've gone through together. And I recognize that there's a difference between taking in information and then kind of paraphrasing it, which I've mm. done in the past without knowing it. And, okay, taking in something, going to live it. And then from there, going, okay, let me um, find ways to share aspects of my experience and my wisdom uh, that only comes from living it with others and hope that that it will resonate with the right people in the right ways. And also knowing that just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for anyone else. Yeah. And that was a, a key shift for me as well, because, you know, if you even look at it from a, you know, more system perspective, I experience one path, but that doesn't mean that that same path will be useful for others. Certainly, there will be a subset of people that will resonate with it. And for me, it's tuning into that rather than thinking that I know everything and that uh, I, ha I hold the uh, you know, uh, celestial keys to enlightenment <laughs> and rather, okay, I know certain lessons that I'm going through and that I've gone through and some ways that I look at it and how I react and how I grow that could be helpful for inspiring others to at least uh, go into more self-inquiry and take action. Yeah, look, that, that's that's a really beautiful answer, right? And very similar to you, in my, in my own experience, I've realized that when I can take it back to self and understand, okay, this is my experience and share from what I, what I've experienced and the tools I've used, but make it very specific to me and make it very clear that this was what's helped me. And there's what seven billion, eight billion people on our on our on our planet, and there's infinite ways that knowledge and information and wisdom can work for someone and just because i've experienced this it doesn't mean that it will actually work for you right so there's a discernment to to be in the highest integrity when one is teaching or guiding or coaching or mentoring to make that very clear uh, and for me it's also about attuning to people to their own inner knowing right because there is this very powerful energy that we need a guru right we need we need savior saving right so the savior complex there's like empowering someone else to show you what you already know so i want to kind of explore that whole journey around spirituality where and i did this right i was very much part of this world where i was giving people the power to influence my decisions 
in term, in, a, in a spiritual way, right? Here's a piece of information. Here's a tool. Here's an awareness. Go do it and watch your life change. Uh, even though it felt sticky and stuck, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure this is this is the kind of modality for me. And because it was being taught by someone who I given the power to, I went and did it. And guess what? It didn't work, right? So I want to talk about spirit, spirituality, spiritual concepts, spiritual teachings, and how we integrate those in a way that's most beneficial to our lives, to our everyday lives, right? Because as human beings, we have everyday challenges. I'd love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I would say that's a um, it's an evolving journey. I know that, for instance, for me, growth and transformation is just one of my top values. And if I'm not growing and learning, then I feel stuck. That doesn't mean it's always within the realm of, let's, let's define it in spirituality, right? Yeah. Because for some people, yeah. it could mean talking about you know, channeling and esoteric terms and uh, that direction for someone else, it's Tantra, for someone else, it's yoga, for someone else, it's a million other things. And at the end of the day, for me, it's being able to hear my inner guidance and then following it. Mm. It's pretty much that. Mm. And whatever instruments guide me or support me at a particular phase in time, then those are the best instruments, kind of like so right now, I also, you know, I, I work in real estate and I have clients who come to me and say, oh, what's the best project? Like the best project is the one that answers what you need. <laughs> and so the best tool is the one that answers what you need. There's no universal best tool from my perspective. And the instruments that resonate and the people that offer the guidance, that they change. And for me, it's been a lesson in letting go and also not getting attached to a particular guide, a particular mentor, and recognize I'm there for for a particular period of time to receive particular aspects, and then it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And trusting my inner guidance. And you know, for some people it's plant medicine, for some people it's channeling, for some people it's you know transformational games like you and I played. Uh, for some people it's breath work. For some people it's something else. And so one is trusting what feels exciting for me right now what feels aligned for me right now yeah and then taking steps to try it out and then another part is who is the person that's guiding that and do i resonate with them as a guide you know and if so why and that also changes because like for instance right now the places that i'm like the mentors that i'm receiving from the folk they're super grounded people and they're like either focus on communication or like stage presence and uh, public speaking or different aspects that are exciting for me to unpack that feel aligned with the skills that I came here with that I want to sharpen. But that doesn't mean that they're, you know, teaching me like Taoist sex practices for circulating sexual energy, even though that subject is also one that I've delved into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would say finding a focus of alignment that's true right now and finding a person and trusting like going for the person rather than necessarily a particular tool. So I think ideally those two coincide. That someone you trust, someone you resonate with is teaching or sharing about something that is most aligned for you right now. Look, and, and, that, and that's very beautiful, right? And there was something in there that you said that really resonated with me. And actually, I think it's so simple, right? So let me quickly define what I mean by spirituality. And for me, it's very simple. It's connected to spirit, right? Higher power, universal intelligence, your soul. That's what I mean by spirit, kind of connected to a higher power. And the simplicity of 
what you just said and the simplicity for me in, in the way I use spirituality is this aspect of intuition, right? And being guided by that. Now, if we strip everything back, right? Take all the way the mod modalities, all the different kind of fun aspects of energy and energy healing. And, you know, you, you alluded to breath work and meditation and, and all those different things. If I can step back and say, what, what am I intuitively being led to and to whom I, am I intuitively being led to? Life becomes very, very simple. It becomes very, very magical. And look, I'm not in full embodiment of that, right? Because this doesn't involve a journey for me. And I've realized that if I can master that part of my life, and to many, to, many, to some extent I have, right? I'm, I'm being intuitive guided. There's such magic and serendipity and synchronicity to be had in this in this beautiful life that we call human existence. So I just want to kind of focus more on that. How do I become more quiet? How do I receive intuitive guidance? How do I pick up on the subtleties of where I'm being led and to whom I'm being led to? Love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I was also at a training yesterday, and that was one of the key concepts explored: is that like whenever we want something in our life and we don't have it, there's there's a reason that that's the case. And so it means we're part of it. It's a humbling journey because it means admitting that, okay, somewhere I'm not, uh, you know, vibrationally adequate for that particular thing, mm. for that particular experience. The question is why and what can I do about it? Because demanding and saying, well, I want it right now. That you know, I, I tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Me too. Been there. Yeah. It doesn't work. And so then the question becomes: What you know? There is a level of self responsibility, and like light brings into our reality situations that reflect our attitude towards those situations. What do I mean by that? Is if, for instance, I'm afraid of losing money, or I'm afraid of being alone. That's a constant you know, signal that I'm sending out and the, you know, the field, the universe, universal intelligence, God, whatever you want to call it, will go, okay, this is what you are vibrating. This is what you're going to get. And when your desire to have a relationship is driven by fear of being alone, we're going to attract partners that mirror that to us so that we can live through it. Why is this happening? It was phrased beautifully yesterday. It's all these things are happening to awaken the power of spirit within you. Mm -hmm. Because when you're listening, when you hear yourself, the question is, who's the self that you're hearing? And for most of us, uh, until a certain point in our journey, we're hearing our ego. And we're hearing like, I want a cheeseburger. It's two. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm being guided to get a cheeseburger, man. I'm going to be, I'm going to go get it. But yeah, let's get lit. I'm going to be abundant. I'm going to manifest a relationship. The woman of my dreams is sitting at McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, hate to break it to you. And that's uh, possible, unlikely, uh, however, because it's actually not coming from a place of maybe self-love. Yeah. Uh, and the question becomes, how do I hear my true self? What is my true self? Mm. How do I hear him? Or her, and then actually having the decisiveness and the fortitude to take action to then go do things. 
because that's another side of spirituality that I've been in, that I've seen in, where or that I've seen where, okay, let's sit in meditation. And, oh, wow, this feels so good. You know, we're connected to our perfect life. It's amazing. And then you go back to your life and you don't have enough money for groceries and you think you're an enlightened master. Yeah. Well, you know, something, something is off balance there. Yeah. And so it's important to that. And if we connect to a vision, we recognize, okay, we are where we are right now. And we, you know, attune to gratitude for what we have already right now. And from there, we start taking actions. And those actions, by the way, involve inner transformation. Nobody said they're going to be comfortable. And so those transformations can happen one of two ways in my experience. One way is through negative circumstances where we want something and the universe goes, okay, you, you know, you want this relationship that's uh, loving. That means, my friend, you're going to have to meet someone who shows you all the ways that you don't love yourself at all. Mm. And they're going to bring that out in you. And in that moment, when you have a particular reaction, you're being offered an opportunity to change that reaction. If that reaction is anger, that reaction is hurt, if it's projection, if it's blaming, okay, recognize, yeah, that's within you. No one, no one else is uh, causing that to you. And you go, you take responsibility, you go figure out why and you transmute that. And there's instruments that I've mentioned that can help with that. Yeah, so that's one way. The other way is, okay, through positive circumstances, if you will, where, okay, I proactively have transmuted and I'm constantly working on myself. And from that place of proactivity, I'm going to go and transform myself to reach my goals. In one way, the universe will force us, you know, kind of force our hand. And another way, we choose it. Either way, you're going in the same direction. The question is, how long are you willing to wait? And how much of your time, you know, how much or little do you value your time? Mm. Because if you wait, this is where people are. They say, I want to change. I want this thing. And then they do nothing. And they wait until you know, they uh, are heartbroken or they get fired or someone dies or they get a disease. And then they're like, fuck, I need to do something. Okay, maybe it's time to rethink things. Or they could have done that same thing, potentially, you know, years ago, where they realized, okay, I want to go here. It's uncomfortable. It means facing myself. It means admitting where my shortcomings are and working on that, but doing that proactively without waiting 10 years. So the, you know, the question becomes, do you value 10 years of your life? And what would you rather be doing? Sitting there and waiting or going and doing, getting shit done? That's exciting and that's reflective of your true superpowers. Wow. Yeah, that, look, that's, that's, that's truly powerful what you're saying. And there's so many things in there. Where do I, where do I want to start in that answer? <laughs> I, I guess the last point you made, okay, about waiting as opposed to taking action, right? So, so, mo so most people, and certainly true of me, in my experience, that I, I, I waited till I was in crisis, okay? Before I went and embarked on this journey of transformation, because I always knew there was something else to life and something else that I'd been taught. So I went, and I always questioned conventionality, but I didn't question conventionality to the extent I did until I was in depression and I was, you know, yep. in a bad place, just embodying fear state. Completely in first day consciousness. So, my question is yes, that was my journey, and the journey's never wrong, right? The, the journey's the journey, and the journey can never be wrong. And it's also understanding people don't have to wait until they're in crisis, they don't have to wait until they're at the lowest ebb. 
to embark on change. How? Right? What 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 are the mechanisms for people to say or explore? Right? This is a human potential podcast. What other people to what mechanisms are there for people to explore explore potential without actually experiencing the lowest ebb of human life? Or human human feelings, that's what I meant. Yeah. So one thing, you know, we're talking about right and wrong. The only way, or okay, I'll be careful with my phrasing here, but a way to experience something being right. Basically, if you think back to your life events and you think, oh, I could have done something differently or I made a mistake here, then you're draining energy. And, you know, it's it's, it's a trained skill to be able to extract value from anything. Mm. And so when your wife left you or you know your your employer said something not you specifically but a human yeah if some adverse circumstance happened your you know the person's ability to go why is this the best thing that could have happened to me what did this teach me mm. it's the same thing as going back to childhood oh my parents you know weren't loving or they weren't something okay but what did that enable you to do so for instance maybe me witnessing my parents living out certain dynamics of their relationship. You could view it from one perspective saying, oh, that traumatized me and now I have trouble with relationships. Or you could view it from the perspective of, wow, they showed me a model that I was so deeply, you know, I was so averse to that, that I realized I want something else. That made sure that I'm always on the path of growth towards something else and towards a better kind of relationship which pushes me to then constantly be in training and self-inquiry to improve my, you know, my balance of masculine and feminine to test and experiment how I show up in relationships. And if they didn't do that, maybe I would have settled for a conventional relationship where people, many people live in misery, where they secretly hate themselves, their partner in their life and do shit about it. So, Mm. you know, that's a perspective of, how I choose to view it, and it's my choice, how I choose to view a particular situation. And I extract the value uh, for myself, and then I can have gratitude towards that situation. So that releases, you know, baggage that holds us down, because unless we do that, those past events are going to dictate our future. Because we're going to recreate them time and time again, in order to live through those same emotions and try to heal them subconsciously. So part one is being able to choose how we view a particular situation and whether we see value and have gratitude or we blame others and say something bad happened to me. So that's one. Yeah. Sure. And and that's very beautiful. And look, the the important element for me in that kind of awareness, right, is, and I'm going to use my specific experience of my parents passing away last year, as you know, right, it was a, a time of tremendous grief and sorrow for me. And in that humanness of my my pain, I was aware of this concept, right? That concept that you've just kind of articulated that, okay, I can use this to my value, this growth to be had here. I was part of this. I created this situation in some way. And yet I also needed to experience the profound sadness, right? And to honor my human, that my human was suffering. It was highly emotional. It was raw. It was sad. Right. And actually, my rejection of that, because the egoic 
kind of orientation which we touched upon earlier about oh i'm a, i'm an enlightened being i'm i'm super spiritual i'm connected to spirit i shouldn't be feeling this level of heartache actually put me in a longer kind of state of density right and and, and sadness and and just wanting to sit on the sofa and watching netflix because there was a there was a lack of acceptance of i feel shitty i feel sad I want to be held, right? Energetically, physically, um, I need company. I need human contact. And the more I resisted that, well, guess what? The more I stayed in that state. So, what's the point I'm making? The point I'm making is, the human journey is emotional, right? We experience times of, of sadness, and to honor that sadness before we can actually tune into the growth to be had from that situation. And the quicker we accept that we're sad and our human is in some sort of suffering and wounding and triggering has been activated, we accept and work through that. We can then attune to, okay, what's the learning here? What's the growth here? How can I make choices that are going to benefit me and my life? Yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know that was a challenging time. And I think now looking back, there's certain, like this, for instance, this lesson, yeah, this wisdom that look if i resist this happens yeah that in itself is already priceless because many people don't recognize that in their entire life and yeah. so actually you know if you probably if you wrote that out it would be a laundry list of things sure. that that experience taught you and another recognition is if you didn't have those awarenesses if you didn't go through that we wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this podcast which you seem to enjoy so <laughs> It, yeah. it brought you to a place of happiness and you needed to go through certain things in order to do that. And it's appreciating that journey. Yeah. So it's another way that I really love this phrasing yesterday where basically your human experience is like the blockchain. And what's, what's uh, true about the blockchain? Nothing in it can be changed. Mm. It just exists. And you either honor it and you build on top of it or you're in denial. I love that, bro. Wow, there's 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 some higher channel wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the concept of your building, evolving, accepting, or you're not. Simple. I mean, yes, it something happened, and that's you you, you know you can't <laughs> go back and reprogram it. It happened. Question is, can you? honor it can you accept that you created it not it happened to you but you created it in order to experience something for your own evolution so that you have more you know strengths of spirit so you're more connected to yourself and from there okay what what do you want to do now and you know that's that's the point it's a level of self-responsibility for creating everything in your life that sometimes is challenging when things are you know challenging for the human and that's something that I've also learned is, and I'm also, by the way, not perfect at this. I'm, you know, learning all of this as I go. And, okay, what is, what am I feeling and am I allowing myself to actually feel it? Like for the longest time, you know, I completely refused to accept feeling angry because in, in my worldview, that was anger equals trauma equals, equals bad. So no way. Because if I let my anger out, that I'm going to destroy some shit and <laughs> probably go to prison. <laughs> so if for a long time, that was, but that's a lot of energy 
to uh, to keep suppressed, and it would come out and manifest in other ways like passive aggression, like uh, protecting and defensiveness, especially in relationships, because those those mirror the most the places in my childhood where those types of reactions were formed as a self-defense mechanism. And so for me, it's been a journey of learning, okay, actually that anger is, you know, it gives me a lot of fuel and it can, and I can allow myself to express it and finding avenues to ecologically um, allow myself to feel, first of all, acknowledge, feel, and express uh, all parts of my experience, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, whether it's happiness. By the way, um, you, you know, uh, I had a lot of trouble expressing happiness because I realized it was harder for me than expressing sadness. Because, yeah, it's easy, or at least for you know, at this point in my journey, it's like, oh, you have this trauma, me too. Let's be sad about it together. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it and, uh, and sit in a circle and hold hands. Yeah, it's uh, a lot more vulnerable for me, or at least in the past it has been. You're like, oh wow, I'm really happy. Let me share this with others because there was this fear that somebody would shoot it down. And they would try to pull me into negative states or, you know, lower, lower uh, states where they would reject that happiness. And it felt so sacred and pure that I didn't want to share it. So from the opposite side, it's also true. And it's a journey of what am I feeling? Am I allowing myself to actually feel it? And, and being with that, feeling safe in that. And then from there, you know, sharing that with others. Yeah, look, look thank, thank you for sharing that. And uh, as, as you were speaking, I was kind of reminiscing of of that whole challenge that I faced around, you know, the, the death of my parents. And for me, it was attuning to these concepts that you just mentioned, right, about this is there for my highest good. What can I learn from here? Where's the growth? All those concepts that I was attuning to daily, okay? But it was from, it was from the brain, the mind, right? It was conceptual. It wasn't visceral. I wasn't living the experience of the sadness. So I was aware of these concepts, but they felt so far away because they were just concepts. And now as I've evolved and, you know, I've actually lived, lived through the sadness of the situation, I can go, oh, I, I, I get it. I, I, I can attune to the growth. I can feed it. And as I'm speaking, my body's vibrating now. Like, I've lived it, right? I've felt it. I've gone through it. And now I can truly relate to this concept of what's happened to me was for my highest good and for my evolution. So my point, again, is people who are going through things in their lives, who are going through challenges or experience sadness, fully live the emotions, right? Cry your eyes out. Dude, under- when you're in it, you're in it. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? You so, know, when, when you're drowning, you're not going to be like, hmm, I wonder why this is happening to me. Let me <laughs> let me just pause here yeah. and uh, think about the significance yeah. of this in my evolution. You're like, fuck, I got to get out of here. <laughs> or, I got to save myself. I got to pull myself like out, out of the water, out of this swamp. And yeah. I, I say that metaphorically. It doesn't mean you like, oh, no, no, no. You deny these feelings and you run away which by the way, for some people, it's Netflix. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's drugs, sex, whatever it is. Yeah. But recognizing as soon as you're running away that you're not actually living it, you're going to have to live through it at some point. And so it's a question of when. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, look, there's lots of other things here that I want to discuss. And I, think, I guess one of them is anger, right? As, as, as men, and you kind of shared your relationship with anger and how you kind of suppressed it. And, and my way of suppressing anger was that, uh, 
from the environment that I grew up in, my childhood, anger was expressed through violence, right? Overt violence. So I completely repressed and rejected it because I didn't want to see myself as a violent person and I'm not, I'm not a violent person. And I was really ridiculed for that in my family, right? Because my I was surrounded by big, strong, powerful men who were very aggressive. Uh, and I wasn't. Um, so there was a level of ridicule which kind of caused its own level of trauma for me. So so my relationship with anger for my whole life has been like, okay, it doesn't exist. I don't get angry because anger represents violence. And there is no anger. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, and it's only in the last couple of years I realized fucking hell, I'm holding on to so much anger, right? In my in my lower chakras, in the in the in, the, in, my, in my stomach, I'm it, there's so much there. There was so much repressed, suppressed anger that needs to come out. And um, for me, it was finding healthy ways to express my anger. And I'm still on that journey, exploring this level of anger that's in my field. Not so much now, but it's there. And actually, when it does come up, is to honor the anger that's present. So I'd like to talk about healthy ways to express, express anger and like your, your journey and your relationship with anger. And I know you kind of touched upon it. I'd like to go deeper into that. Mm. You know, I think one of the things that I've learned is to admit, okay, I am a violent person. Mm. And not denying that. Mm. Like, yeah, I can wow. kill someone. And it's not always in self-defense. And I can, like, that part of me always scared me because I was like, shit, why am I having such a strong reaction to something that seems so minor where I literally want to, you know, like, inflict physical harm? And that scared the shit out of me mm. because I was like, oh, but that's so not me. Like, I'm, you know, so like calm and meditative and that's not me. And like, what would people think? And I realized that the biggest issue was there was that it would completely destroy my illusion of self. Mm. And that for me to get by that or get through that is to actually accept that, okay, I do have these, I do have these feelings and there is a situation and I can act on them. And allow myself to fully embody that and allow myself image of being, you know, a holier than thou enlightened uh, ascended master to be shattered and recognize, no, I can fucking be violent. And I'm okay with that. Question is, what do I choose to do from that place of admission? Wow. Wow. And that's a very different story because then, you know, there is like, I went through this initiation in uh, Siberia for uh, like their shamanic lineage. And part of that was a very similar thing for me where I went there and part of that was uh, sacrificing an animal. And for me, watching an animal die in front of me and recognizing that uh, I'm very much responsible for this, it shifted something for me because I realized I, like, I'm doing this and mm -hmm. I am capable of this. And it kind of took off the rose-colored glasses. And so... There is, you know, there's a difference between a person who says, like, I realized and I was this person, like, who's more dangerous? A person that says, you know, I can, I, I can kill. I'm a violent person. Or a person that says, oh, no, 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 that's not me. Like, I would never kill. It's that second guy because he's denying that part about himself and it's going to come out as uncontrolled mm. and it will come out. And so there is, you know, a person that says I'm capable of anything. And I accept that part of myself, I accept myself in all of those situations. And I don't judge myself for it. And from that space of full acceptance, I'm choosing to focus that energy towards something constructive rather than destructive. So look, this, this is real powerful learning, right? And actually teaching. 
because what, what we're actually talking about, again, and it's been a theme actually from our whole conversation, I just kind of noticed, is, is this level of acceptance, right? And acceptance in different aspects of our life and acceptance that actually I'm capable of violence. And like you so powerfully said, there's a choice within that to act upon that. Firstly, to act upon the acceptance of that and how freeing it is. And I noticed in myself, as you were speaking, and I was tuning into my own experience, you know, because 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 we know the subconscious mind is very primitive, right? Someone, someone, someone cuts us off off in traffic and we're triggered by that. I want to fucking kill him, right? That's a that's a response when when you're triggered. That's the primitive subconscious brain in us that that okay, I'm I'm capable of this. And it's actually free, right? I, f- I feel free right now as, as you kind of articulated that. It's like, okay, it's so free to, to release that because there's judgment in that, right? Like you said, so Beauty said, well, can you say and admit that free from the judgment of making it right or wrong, from the duality of any situation of violence? So there's something really powerful in the acceptance of that I'm capable of this. And we're talking about anger and violence, but you can extrapolate that to other areas of your life. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That, that That's super powerful. I, I, I would add to that is like similar when, for instance, in relationships, I would get triggered in certain situations where it's like over nothing. And I realized that, okay, wow, like this is really like causing me an intense trigger where I want to like break shit. And I'm, part of me was scared of that power, but I, you know, part of that was accepting, okay, I allow this part of me to exist. It, I give it space. And from that space, I can decide, first of all, how I channel it and finding mechanisms to uh, direct it. Part of that is working on the triggers and using instruments. Like for me, it was, you know, in some cases uh, doing like deep meditations and going into like past lives and you know, where possibly murdered a bunch of people. Fuck it, you know. Uh, okay, I accept responsibility. I accept a lesson. I, you know, I, I get to choose different. You know, we're doing the inner work in order to clear the underlying source of the trigger. Yeah, and sometimes that's through breath work. Sometimes that's through, you know, other modalities, whatever they may be for a person and clearing those triggers so that that reaction is not so intense. And in the moment, also finding ways to shift that anger and to shift and shift that energy and allow that to come through so sometimes it's you know physical exercise like for me like going into uh, punching a heavy bag yeah. because i know okay like i can put all this energy there for me punching a pillow never quite worked i was like no <laughs> that's, yeah. that's uh, a little too soft and by the way this will be different probably for men and women yeah, yeah so it's just finding ways to express that and once that wave has passed okay you're like oh Finally, I have clarity, uh, a little bit more clarity, a little bit more presence of mind. Okay, now let's go and continue doing this inner work and seeing how I can, um, next time this happens, be better prepared to channel this energy. So there's no, you know, for me, there's no one right answer, but at least maybe this gives some pointers, some guidance for where to look. Sure. Look, and and that's great, right? Because, uh, again, as you were speaking, I was thinking, okay, the listeners can take very specific tools from what you're just saying. You know, as a man, heavy bag is a great tool to exp- to express anger. For a woman, uh, I've kind of the women that I've coached, I've, I've they found that going into 
open spaces into woods and just screaming at the top of their voices is a great release for them as a mechanism to release anger. So I invite anyone, if that resonates with you, any women listening to this, to, to kind of explore that. It works for men as well. It works for men as well, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and this, yeah, this, this concept of anger and finding a release that's healthy, that is aligned for you. And again, to kind of circle back, I think you'd be intuitively led to, to a tool that is in resonance for you. The other thing that I also want to touch upon is triggers, right? Triggers is something that are present for people in everyday lives. And I would love to know like a specific tool or a trigger that doesn't necessarily trigger anger, but can be used to kind of um, alleviate the emotion of that trigger. I think there's an underlying thing. It's like, when I get triggered, I don't want to alleviate the reaction or like, I don't want to alleviate the emotion. I want to clear the root cause Mm. because the emotion is a response to a stimulus. But the fact that that stimulus is occurring in my reality, that's the bigger question for me. Sure. So it's more dealing. Yeah. It's like dealing with the immediate danger of a tsunami wave. The other question is, why the fuck am I in a place where there are tsunami waves? Sure, sure, and that and that's a deeper inner work, right? That we that we're talking about. So, so yes, the aspect of the inner work to go to the root cause. So I'm saying, okay, why am I triggered? And that's a level of self exploration, self awareness. You know, going deeper into your journey. And I was more saying, okay, once once you're actually in the trigger, how do I allow this to pass in the most ecological and harmonious way for me? Right. And again, I kind of it goes back to acceptance. So when I, when I'm in a trigger, for me, I become very still. Okay, okay, this is here. Let me feel it. Let me live it, and then let me explore why this occurred. So I was just wondering if there's if there's a way or a technique that you use or that you'd like to share. And I, I know you know you have you've mentioned uh, the process of transmutation and other ways that you kind of alleviate the energy of what the trigger invokes. Yeah, I think what helps me in the moment is to go within and to, as soon as that reaction is there, I'm like, okay, I created this. I want to understand why. And immediately redirecting that energy inwards into self-inquiry rather than like projecting it out uh, helps a lot because it, it kind of feels like, you know, a bucket of cold water where you realize no one's triggering you. The universe is bringing you things that can bring up shit for you to live through and heal so that you can have a better life. Kind of self-honesty as well, right? There's a, there's a, it's like so radical self-honesty when you, when you can say, I've created this, I own this. Let me now go away and explore this for my, for my self-betterment. And I, I think it's helpful in that moment to understand, for instance, in, like in a relationship, when something triggers me, and I realize, okay, even if I cut all cords and I get out of this relationship, I know that I haven't addressed the root cause. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be another like year or two or whatever until I meet another partner where I'm going to go through the same damn thing. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, I do not want to like, 
Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I don't want to waste two. I don't want to waste two years of my life. And then like, fuck it, I'm clearing it now. I don't care. Like, I don't care if it's painful, but I value my time way too much to do that. So I'm like, I said, I'm clearing it now because I don't want to repeat lessons. Sure, sure. Look, this 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 theme of relationships is is, is coming up a lot, right? In in this, I don't know how long we've been going for. So it's obvious that this gets to be talked about right now. The aspect of yeah, union, right? Divine union, sacred union with your romantic partner, and you and I are both single. We identify as single. <laughs> heterosexual men and so yeah so let's get super raw let's get super vulnerable let's let's give the listeners our experience of what's going on for us in that in that world of because we haven't been vulnerable at all until now <laughs> <laughs> well there's layers right there's layers uh well for me it's, it's, it's for me the reason why i use the word vulnerable because i feel like when when men are talking about relationship and when two single men are talking about relationship and when they're also talking about human potential there's this aspect of oh okay this is what's going on in their lives how are they navigating calling in romantic relation because let's let's be honest i certainly have it in my vision that my choice is to be in union and to be in completely in love with someone and share my life with someone and yet the universe is showing me okay that's not here my end result is you know that is still in progress and it's right on track and whatever kind of higher vibration I want to tune to and also the fact that I'm like where the fuck is she <laughs> right and I know that is probably causing the dissonance in my vibration so as I let that go there's more opportunity more possibility that the manifestation will occur so I'd love to get your kind of take and experience on relationship romantic relationship where you are in your life in creating your union, your divine union, and how we can go about shifting our energy, shifting the vibration, you know, being more surrendered, being more in flow with what is occurring. I can speak from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. I can't claim to, uh, you know, uh, coach or advise on this. For me, it's a journey of embodying and balancing masculinity and femininity and understanding what it is to be a man. And for me, that's been a journey because, you know, that perception is very skewed. In the Western world, from my experience, and having you know grown up in Russia as well as in the States, I've seen, let's say, to me, those are kind of the both sides of the spectrum. And for me, it's been a journey of reconciling between the two. And you know, in many cases, women or femininity in the Western world is is not present, <laughs> to put mm-hmm. it mildly. It's very suppressed and. In general, I find a lot of women are in very masculine energies. And that's, you know, emphasized by the culture as well as women are equal to men, but that's very flat and one-dimensional. On a physical level, they're not. They're just different. And so the question is equal in what? In terms of energy value, in terms of the value they bring to a relationship? Sure. Yeah. Um, arguably women even more so than men. But question is what is each role doing and for me it's been a journey to understand okay what am i bringing as a man to relationship versus what am i receiving from a woman and learning to even value that because i realized i was expecting i had this underlying expectation that a woman does masculine functions like pays for 
uh, you know, pays for some of the bills or does anything on the material level. And I realized and just through my own experience, you know, for me, that's actually uh, diminishing myself. I don't feel empowered in that. So actually, I feel empowered when I take responsibility and provide for a woman financially and be able to receive her energetically and learning to even understand what that feels like. Learning to, okay, what is, how do I value this energy if I've never, you know, in the past focused on it? And learning to, okay, what is the value of feminine energy? What is this inspiring me and allowing me to do and attract and create in my life on a material level? And how do I share that back? And how that entire cycle plays out? That's been a journey. And, you know, I know it's a topic you and I have shared and discussed on multiple occasions. And I think that journey is unique to every person. I'm not saying there is right or wrong, but for myself, for instance, that standard of relationships that's emphasized in, for instance, in Europe and in the U.S., to me, it feels wrong. It doesn't resonate for me. And at the same time, the standard, let's say, in Russia, where uh, a woman tends to be dependent on a man, and while a man is achieving financially, she is not really putting herself out there and not uh, sometimes doing much in terms of self-realization, also doesn't resonate for me. And so there is some, some, somewhat of a middle ground, and that, for me, it's been a journey of navigating that. I realized I think the biggest thing is if I want to be with a resort, like I tend to be attracted to women who are very strong energetically. Yeah. And if you want to think of it in terms of uh, cars, it's like I'm attracted to Rolls Royce, not a Honda. And that also means such a level of responsibility because if you buy a Rolls Royce, you need to maintain that motherfucker. <laughs> you need to take it for maintenance. You need to take it like for a lot of different things. And that's part of caring for it and making sure that the car is still running. And I realized I had this expectation that, oh, I, you know, I deserve a Rolls Royce because I'm amazing. But then I found it hard to invest in maintenance, found it hard to invest in upgrades or whatever else, just to even like keep the car operational. And the same thing with a woman. I realized, okay, if I want to be with a woman who is that level of resourcefulness, because that's what's attractive to me. Yeah, I get to be corresponding to that not expect a woman to bring me up to that level. And that shift from where I am to corresponding to that level, I realized can be quite intense depending on the gap. And part of that is admitting that gap in the first place. And mm. for my case, like, okay, that gap is pretty big yeah. where, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's a journey and I'm confident in my ability to die into things and shift very quickly. And I learned even I have limits. Like, that it takes time to integrate and it takes time to race to that level. But I think uh, the biggest thing I'm sharing here is for me, it's been a journey of it's like, if you want to be with a queen, you've got to be a king, not ex not be a peasant and expect the queen to raise you up to king. See, that, that's that's very interesting for me, right? And, and I thank you for sharing that. And, and I love you kind of related to your experience. And you and I have talked about this. So I'm going to kind of kind of offer a slightly different perspective, especially on that last point, right? peasant king and not not expect the woman to raise raise the man and bring and i'm talking about archetypes here obviously yeah you know, i'm not talking yeah about yeah sure things. sure sure and i think there's there's a there's a there's a point here that i'd love to explore right because there's no right or wrong to this let's, let's make that clear and it's just from what i've observed and what feels right to me is that i i know of a, of a couple very very preeminent couple in the world of spirituality and when they came together, the woman, the woman was in her divine, 
feminine power, right? She was this super successful coach. She was running multiple seven-figure businesses. She was just super, super powerful, right? And she met a man who was on the spiritual journey, who was aware of all these concepts, and yet he wasn't successful in the world of business, right? In the world of like frequency and vibration, sure, right? He was no doubt vibrating high, but in terms of business and, and entrepreneurship, there was a massive disparity between the two. So as they got together and as they become this power couple, right? When you see them now, you see the vibrational kind of energetic force that they're both operating in their highest divine masculine and feminine power, and they're bringing those energies in a beautiful kind of union. So my point is that she actually in many ways helped him to reach his fin- to reach his yeah, financial abundance, he's like his entrepreneurship. And of course, not knowing the intimate relationship of the of the of the nature of the relationship, I'm sure there was an exchange right where he was bringing out certain or bringing certain values and characteristics and energetic exchange to the relationship. So my point is that everything's possible in the world we live in. Women are here to help men. Men are here to help women. And there's no one way to do relationship, right? You've got to find what's in resonance and what's right for you. And I very much hear you that as a man, I share that principle of I feel I feel empowered when I'm taking financial responsibility. It feels in resonance for me to be a provider. And this is beyond the patriarchal paradigm that's been passed down from generation to generation, right? This is from coming from a from an expanded consciousness. It's, it's recognizing, like you so beautifully said, on many levels, you know, women are shakti, they're pure, pure energy, right? They are life force energy. And it's understanding the power that they represent in the relationship and empowering them to act from that divine feminine power to actually support and add their value. That's the beautiful part of divine union for me is to is to harness and understand what's intrinsic to us as a human and bringing that level of natural ability to form this beautiful kind of co-creation based on ancient scripture right ancient wisdom divine because because this is all for me this is all ancient wisdom right this is this is cosmic truth this universal truth to harness the power of a man and a woman in 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 union and i'm exploring that it's not like i know what that is it's a, it's very much an exploration and figuring it out and it's it's finding for me it's finding a woman who is also open to that right who who understands the kind of nuances the, the subtle dynamics between masculine and feminine energy and what a man and a woman are going to bring to a relationship. Yeah, love to get a bit more from you on that. I think part of it is the inner state. It's you know, it's a very different story to take care of a woman financially out of a place of deep respect and recognizing the value of her presence and energy brings into your life. Yes. Versus doing it because you think she can't afford it or because she's weaker, etc. Very mm. different. Very you know, yeah. extremely different. And so when I do it from a place, I, like I, I noticed it for myself, for instance, a woman invited me out for, you know, she's like, okay, let me, let me pay for dinner. And she was insistent. It was like, I realized it's, and, and it's the funniest thing. Like the, the, the universe played it out perfectly. Like, okay, let me, let me sit with this. I'm like, it doesn't feel comfortable for me. Let's, let's go to the restaurant. We went to the restaurant. 
I go to the bathroom first. Everything is, uh, you know, the way it turns out is I have to use the woman's restroom because there is no other space. I come back and sit down. She goes. She comes back and says, you know, everything was full. I had to use the man's bathroom. And so it was like, wow, that role reversal played out very, like, very fast. It was like, thank you, universe. It's like, look, I don't feel comfortable for you paying for financially for dinner. I'm going to pay for this and because this is what empowers me as a man. And I'm doing it for my own reasons. Out of deep respect also for your, you know, for your time and your, your presence, um, your energy, not because I think you can't afford it. And mm -hmm. so part of that is also a woman's ability, who's in her feminine, to be able to receive mm -hmm. that from a man and to be able to then, it's like an awakened woman who understands how her energy works, which uh, energy centers she shares from, yeah, and knowing how to harness that energy, same with a man. And I also, you know, I was in a relationship in the past where I was like, oh, I, I know all these like spiritual things. And so, you know, I can provide this knowledge. Yeah, I realized that's not what a woman needs. That's what a client needs, not a woman. <laughs> a woman needs a man, not a fucking coach. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. And so I'm like, the value of me providing, you know, universal wisdom pales to my ability to help her carry a bag on a functional level. And so once I realized that it was humbling because then I started to reevaluate the things where like, okay, if we're talking about a masculine feminine dynamic, what are the things that I can provide in terms of words, in terms of actions, in terms of support on a fu very functional level, on a material level, because woman is pure, let's, let's say pure cosmic energy and it's harder for them to operate in the material world. A man is very adapted to material world because he is the structure, he's the form that brings this energy through. And so the things that I'm providing are helping ground this energy and helping it exist and interact and enjoy more in this plane of existence. And it's very valuable for the world for a woman to be happy because then she's transmitting this not just to her partner, but also to everyone around her. And for me, it's been a challenge and a half to learn to accept that. And to rewire some of those underlying beliefs where I was like, what do you mean I'm paying for the apartment? Why? Like, it's an expensive apartment. We should both pay for it. And recognizing, actually, I put myself in, that, in those shoes and she put in financial resources. Actually, I wouldn't, like, it wouldn't feel good, mm -hmm. like, even on a feeling level. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been a journey of re undoing a lot of those cultural beliefs and experimenting for myself with, you know, not claiming that this universal truth but i know what feels aligned for me and it, you know for me it's also about being with a partner who is aware of these universal laws understands how to use her energy and similar with this concept of raising and lowering yes a woman can do that however is the man able to grow to that level very quickly and the question is how long is she willing to wait mm. because she's like for me for instance you know my zone of expansion was if let's say just just put numbers on it um Let's say in the past, just hypothetically, I was used to spending, say, $500 a month on a woman. Yeah, that's the level of energy exchange. Maybe like some dinner, some restaurants every now and then. And I meet a woman who's used to $100,000 a month. That's her level of energy exchange that she's used to. She's used to like buying business class and being on yachts and traveling and having that kind of lifestyle. Not from a place of demanding, but that's like, that's the level of energy she's willing to give. Okay. Maybe she's willing to go down to say ten thousand, and I'm talking about energy equivalent here. Mm. And for me, 
okay, 10,000 is already a huge stretch. I'm used to spending 500. Yeah, where it's okay, now it's an apartment. Now it's like renting her a car. Now it's like providing for some of these maintenance things like spa procedures, et cetera. But I understand that my level of discomfort, it takes time to adjust for me to feel confident with even spending that level of money. But recognize that for me, this is already at my, like, I'm hitting a ceiling here in terms of comfort zone. And for her, it's a 90% decrease. How long is she willing to stay at that level? That's the question. And so how quickly, for me, it was a journey of how quickly can I learn to channel money through me and spend money? Yeah. Doing it from a place of happiness, not from a place of, fuck, I'm going to run out of money. This is crazy. I've never spent this much. Oh, that, that's that is so profound. Oh, well, I always I always notice when you kind of hit your flow, you your energy decreases. You start speaking in a different way. You start <laughs> channeling this like wisdom. There's more excitement in your voice. There's a there's a truth and a power and a force behind your words as you speak them. And I could tell you were in flow. That's the point I'm making there. <laughs> and, tr- and truth penetrates, right? Truth penetrates. It's it certainly penetrating me as you were ex- ex- explaining the the kind of subtleties between a man and a woman and the energetic exchange. And I know you kind of brought it to the material in terms of money and you used that as an example. And it was just very beautiful to receive that wisdom. So thank you for that. I'm sure the listeners will benefit from that. But will someone want to kind of explore that a little bit further? in terms of so you and i both went on this divine masculine retreat right a couple of years ago where we learned the nuances between masculine and feminine energy and the dynamics of a relationship as you just explained it and it was very beautiful a woman actually taught us that right she taught us those teachings uh which i find so ironic but so beautiful and i remember coming away from that feeling so empowered seeing the feminine in a completely new kind of way right there was a new awareness that came into my world of how I get to interact with women how I get and not just on a romantic level I was talking about all women right because we were taught about the sacred nature of feminine the sacred nature of feminine energy and how that's transmitted through a woman in human form and I remember coming back in this state of reverence like you know I remember sharing this stuff with my sister and my mom and how I kind of saw them and held them in a different way, recognizing the, the beautiful life essence and life creation they are and what they bring to this world. And I felt so empowered, you know, and I, I doing things on a practical level. So like holding my sister's bag, opening the car door for her, just doing things that felt in resonance for me. Right. And then Shit happens, right? Shit happens. The challenges arrive, and I kind of lost that. Not that I lost it, I stopped embodying what I'd learned. So what's the point I'm making here? So the point is that when we acquire knowledge and it and it hits home for us and there's a truth to it, and we go and start making change in our lives and start acting in different ways, how do we carry on and incorporating it in our daily lives right and I'm using that example of the way I was viewing women and and doing things more on a practical level for all women in my life for when the challenges arrived and the triggers arrived and 
was like, oh shit, I can't be fucked to do this. You you carry your bag, <laughs> right? <laughs> I want to carry your bag. I've got the intention, but I'm just I'm just not in that place. Love to get your thoughts on that. You know, I think part of it is tuning into which part of you that knowledge touches. So I know, for instance, for me, this function is predominant. And no matter what I'm experiencing, for me, it's just an ultimate decision that this is who I am. This is what resonates for me. I don't care if I'm crying. I'm carrying a fucking bag. Beautiful. So, so, so what there's you're, absolutely no yeah. equivocation. Yeah. So what you're saying, you're using your divine masculine will, right? You're using your third chakra, which is a powerful will chakra that this is in resonance. And it's easy for me to carry her bag. And it's also easy for me not to carry a bag. And I'm choosing the easy part of I'm going to carry a bag. Because in life, and I learned this, you know, throughout this journey, there's things that are easy to do and it's equally easy not to do. So it's easy to carry someone's ba- a woman's bag or anyone's bag for that matter. And it's easy not to do that. So I love what you just said. Like Part of it is also understanding why, what's my motivation for doing this. Yeah. And part of this is I realize every time I take an action along this, I'm getting closer and closer to, let's say, the universal balance of masculine and feminine. And this action demonstrates my desire to walk that path. Even if all I can do today is take this small step, it's still showing me that I'm, in, I'm choosing to take it no matter what. No matter what, I'm moving towards that type of union. And this is my relationship to feminine energy in general. You know, I guess I want uh, abundance and I want a particular lifestyle, et cetera. That's all feminine energy. And so there's no, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, picking up a piece of trash by a tree and, ta- and using it as an intention to support earth, or if it's uh, helping a woman uh, always help her enter an elevator or exit first. For me, it's a sign that I'm ingraining these consciously in order so that they become automatic to get closer and closer to this ideal um, balance of masculine and feminine. And so for me, the only way to demonstrate that is through action. And so for me, it's, yeah, I, I, I just choose to do it. And at some point it becomes automatic. Beautiful. Exactly that. At some point it comes up automatic. Look, and the, and the learning for me in, in, in that, in the last part that like you just said is something very powerful. And it's a very powerful tool actually that, that the listeners can go away and, and and kind of understand and explore in their own lives what is my motivation for doing this i think that's such a powerful question in any action that we engage in and any behavior that we engage in thank you for sharing that that's i think that's a very powerful like i said a very powerful tool about tuning into your into your motivation so look we've kind of covered a lot <laughs> I, if you ask me right now, I don't remember anything that I said. <laughs> we covered a lot in this podcast. That what I, what I'd love to do, I think the listeners and the viewers on YouTube will really benefit from this, especially those who are kind of new to personal growth, self betterment, spirituality, is an activation, right? And uh, just to explain and give some context of what an activation is, from my understanding, I'd love to get your perspective on what activation is for you, right? Is is going into kind of this meditative state where you just awaken dormant dormant frequencies dormant energy then you kind of unlock deeper levels of understanding and you catalyze personal growth and spiritual evolution and i know how powerful your activations are and that's how i kind of view what your activations kind of bring and facilitate and i'd love to love my listeners to experience that 
from you. So if it feels in resonance with you, will you will you will you honor that request from me? <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea what an activation is, but I can guide us through something, and I think will help people feel better. <laughs> oh, well, so I, I'm just giving my kind of description, and you're like, I don't know, bro. Let's just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go with it, right? So, um, I'm I'm gonna hand over to you. Yeah, let's 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 experience something beautiful. What what I like my listeners to do is just to is to find a quiet space. Um, maybe pause the podcast. If you're in a car or you're not in a in in, a, in an environment that's going to facilitate you just being calm and quiet, and once you're in that space, let's go ahead and do this. Okay, sounds good. Closing your eyes, taking a deep breath into your heart, and out. Taking a moment to scan your physical body. Noting, simply moving with your focus of attention, tuning into any areas of discomfort and simply observing them, maybe sending a little impulse to relax, scanning your emotional state, simply acknowledging them. Tuning into your thoughts, simply recognizing they're starting to slow down. The time itself is starting to slow down. And start to visualize yourself walking along a beautiful garden. Following a beautiful path until you come to the big screen. The screen is showing what's going on in your life right now. You're simply observing. Take a look, just honestly see your relationships. How happy you are in them. Maybe there are some that you'd like to change or improve, but simply observing where they are. Your career, your health, your hobbies, your entire life is on the screen. Notice the feelings that come up as you observe this and simply allow them to be without judgment. Maybe there's sadness. Maybe there's happiness. Maybe there's an awareness that maybe you're not where you want to be, but this is exactly where you are. Allow yourself to actually accept that. more moments here. Then with a 
smile of acceptance, continuing to walk down this path until you come to another screen in a beautiful clearing surrounded by flowers, singing birds. This screen is showing you the life you want to live. Take a look, feel what it's like. If you allow that anything is possible, there are no restrictions, no responsibilities that you have to take care of, no nothing weighing you down, but you can be whoever you want to be. What kind of relationships are you in? Who are the people around you? Do they inspire you? What are you doing? What is your field of, of work, of self-realization? What do you do for fun on this screen? What is your relationship with yourself there? Maybe there's more kindness, more acceptance, more love, more honesty. How do you feel about this life that exists as a potential? As the screen disappears, you find yourself simply floating in white space. Ask yourself the question, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to change, to transform in yourself in order to live that life? Are you willing to face parts of yourself that maybe aren't so pretty? Maybe that you've been hiding from others and yourself? Maybe you're willing for this to take as long as it needs to take. Tune into what are two or three actions that you can take today that demonstrate to your higher self that you're ready to be on this journey. Simply make a commitment to yourself that you will take those steps. Taking another deep breath into your heart. And the exhale, spreading this energy throughout your body. Slowly coming back into your physical self. Moving 
your body, your fingers, your toes. And open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. <laughs> wow. Mm. I'm just landing back. Taking a few moments to land back, being gentle with yourself, with your body. Wherever platform you watch, listen, I invite you to share the steps that you took after you take them below the video. as a demonstration to yourself that you're serious about this change. Wow. Wow, okay. What, what the fuck was after that? I was just, I was just like, okay. <laughs> where am I? What am I doing? What, why, why am I here? What's going on? <laughs> um, look, that that was a as I gather my kind of you know thoughts and energy. That was that was super powerful. What's kind of landing for me is that th this is a new creation. This podcast is a new creation, and up until now, this is I've had women on this on this podcast. So you're, so you're the first kind of man on, on here. And for me, it's tuning into the subtleties. Actually, it's not so subtle. Noticing the difference of the energies that are present here and just being wowed by by this divine masculine presence and also tuning into, you know, the structures of, of what a man brings and the structure, energetic structures and, and actually, you know, on a physical level, the physical structures that a man brings. and it's about structure and action, right? So I loved in the activation, it was inviting people to actually take the steps to bring structure to action to facilitate transformation and change. So I've loved it. I loved every minute of this. And I know we're going to do this again because there's, there's so, many, so many other topics that I love to explore from the intergalactic stuff of light beings and tried channeling and the Oversoul Network and, I don't know, Akashic Records and all that stuff that I know you're so familiar with and you have so much knowledge on to the ground and the stuff, right? Like limiting beliefs and sabotage and trauma and everything that makes our human life so mystical, so wonderful, so mysterious. So I'd love to invite you on at some point again, my brother. <laughs> and uh, Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of exploring human potential. Now, it's your turn to take action and unleash your own greatness. Head over to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free and opt in for lots of free transformational tools. Embrace the knowledge and insights you've gained and start implementing them in your life today. Remember, the world is waiting for your incredible potential to shine.